everybody, and a very pleasant good evening to you wherever you may be. Welcome to episode 28 of the He Hit the Bull podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Seda, and with me tonight is Max Baja. Hey, Max, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I, uh, it took me about 24 hours to finally, or not even 24 hours, took me took me a while to process that last game, um, but I'm back. I'm, I think I'm back to being a human. Yeah, it took a while to fully recover, but uh, we're feeling okay here at 1-1. One uh, as always, we're going to go over the weekend review, review games one and two of the World Series, which the Dodgers are playing in, which is awesome, and preview games three through five. So with that, let's get to it. Since we last recorded, the Dodgers split games one and two with Houston in dramatic fashion in Dodger Stadium. Big shout out to all the Dodger fans that got out there early. That place was absolutely the electric factory. LA is alive with World Series fever, and the Dodgers look to take the show on the road this weekend in Houston. Max, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty glad there was no baseball tonight. I really, really needed a break. <laughs> I needed a break from baseball, and I I've went on Twitter like once or twice, but I, I couldn't do it. It was. Uh... <sighs> I'm glad it was a busy day and trying to get a you know us fans too. We need we need a day off. This exactly, was, this exactly. Was yeah, it, Twitter's a deep dark place. Twitter and uh, post game Dodger talk is uh, is really tough. I was uh, I got to go to the game last night as you did obviously, and uh, while you guys took an Uber home from Sunset, I drove home and man, listening to post game Dodger talk, it was pretty brutal. Uh, so with that, let's get into it. World Series review. Game one, Dodgers win. Kershaw dominates, defeats the Astros, and the narrative. Love that. Got through the seventh inning, even though Seager tried to screw him over, as we always do. Oh. That was almost heart-wrenching. But uh, Kersh looked amazing. The curveball was on point. The slider was sitting between 87 and 89 with, with all the depth, which is exactly what you're looking for with Kersh. He was spotting the fastball. That was the best Clayton Kershaw performance I've ever seen. Yeah, I think he missed maybe two pitches. One of them was a Bregman home run. Yep. Um, but I think that was the big thing is his slider was electric, but when the times it wasn't electric, he missed low. And same with his curveball. Like in 1-1, one, 2-0 one, counts, he needs to be able to throw those pitches for a strike, and he needs to make sure that if it's not a strike, it's a ball low that either they chase or he goes to a 3-1 count and then he can fight back with the fastball or whatever else he wants to do. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the key of this series so far is every single mistake is getting punished yeah. because both the Dodgers and the Astros are phenomenal teams. They don't miss pitches anymore. And uh, at this level, it's really kind of it's really impressive to see what not only the pitchers are doing but also the uh, the offensive players. Yeah, I think the big thing is game 1 is it went to script. You got a JT huge home run uh, off of Keiko and Morrow and Kenley shut it down and everything seemed great in the world. Everything went to the script and then Last night happened. Yeah, and then game two happened. I think before we get into game two, which is obviously fresh in our minds, one more time, Justin Turner, absolute dominance. That game was so incredible to watch, and the stadium was so damn loud. That was just unbelievable watching Turner strike out on two high and end cutters and then turn one around on Keuchel and just really almost blow up Chavez Ravine. That was unbelievable. Yeah, it was that two-seamer sinker up and... Uh, JT got it over. He barely got it over. I think he yeah. hit it like 377. So, uh, but you know, a home run's a home run. Hey, they counted. They, they counted. So that was that was great. Dodgers go up 1-0 in the series. 
and we're all feeling good. Game two starts, and well, and then what happened? That was an insane game. Ups and downs, blowing leads, comebacks. Uh, honestly, probably the best World Series game of all time, arguably. I've, we came out on the wrong end of it, but being able to be there and go through that. like So I, I was there, Max was there. Uh, to be able to sit there and go through that with the entire crowd and just you could feel just the stadium deflate and then the elation of the comeback and then deflation and elation. It was unbelievable. Like it's indescribable if you if you weren't there watching it on TV. And Vince Scully threw out the first pitch. Oh my god. For those who didn't see the opening ceremony, Vince Scully went out there to, to throw the first pitch and he was like, Oh, if I'm a pitcher, I need my catcher. <laughs> Calls out Steve Yeager and he's like, Hold on. Ooh, I'm about to throw. I think I just tore my rotator cuff. <laughs> and calls out Fernando Valenzuela and just is, has like the, the oh. greatest charm. And like, I don't think anyone actually wanted the game to start. They just wanted Vin to keep talking. It was unbelievable. I uh, So I took my mother to this game and she literally started crying when uh, Steve Yeager and Fernando came out after oh, Vinny was and there. And then a stadium-wide, it's time for Dodger baseball. Oh, it was like, so good. Oh. And not to mention, my mom had the biggest crush on Steve Yeager, as did like most every other uh, mother in attendance, I'm sure. And so she was pretty amped up to see him out there again, too, which is pretty funny. But let's, uh, let's get back to the baseball, shall we? Yeah, so I, I think there's like – you can break this game into th- like third. So yeah. the first third is domination by the pitchers. Uh, Rich Hill – yeah, he, he only threw five. And, or no, he threw four, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, he looked good for the most part. I think it was scripted that he wasn't going to go the third time through the lineup. Uh, so bringing yep. in Maeda against a right-handed heavy yeah, team. Yeah, five straight right-handed batters went perfectly to form. Yeah, but uh, on the other side, Verlander was shoving it. I don't. Uh, he looked pretty unhittable. He was actually unhittable. He had, he had a perfect game through three. Yeah, a yeah. perfect game through three. Uh, finally, Jock came in there and uh, hit a bomb to, to tie it up, but... Yeah, it was uh, – Verlander looked good, but but we showed that we can get to him. What happened after after well, the jock bomb? Honestly, with, with the jock bomb too, jock's been berated all season and absolutely deservedly. But he has hit some big-time home runs for this club, especially in the playoffs. He has two playoff home runs. Yeah. One's off Verlander and the other's off Max Scherzer. Exactly. So pretty he, cool. He comes up clutch. So that was really – that was great to see. And that, But in that sixth inning, Corey Seager comes up. Again, there's two outs. Chris Taylor works a big oh, walk. Huge walk by Chris Taylor. And, you know, just like the sixth inning in game one, the number two hitter steps up, and it's our stud. This time it's Seager. And he wallops a pitch. And he, you know, it's funny because he knew it was out, but I wasn't sure about it to start oh, with. Oh, man. And he actually showed so much emotion. It was incredible. He yelled. He screamed. Like, he's oh, just he, – he basically flipped the bat, which you never see from Corey Seager. Uh, but that was just incredible. That was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium, personally. It was. I remember looking at like uh, my dad's face after that home run, and it, I think like that made everything. I was just like, not only that, but the emotion all throughout the crowd. My hand is sore today from the high fives <laughs> um, and from myself hitting myself in the head after the game. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that was the highest of highs, and then it was a little rocky going from. Yeah, there. there's a lot of low lows. So I mean, Max touched on it, like. The game wasn't really overmanaged. It was actually – it went pretty much according to plan. You had Hill for four, two times through the lineup. Then Maeda came in, threw an inning and a third. Watson, uh, obviously Stripling came in and walked a guy, and that caused us to have to go to Brandon Morrow just a little bit quicker than we would have liked. And I think that's where the wheels kind of fell off. 
But Morrill goes, goes what, uh, a full inning, gets into the eighth, goes, finishes off the seventh, goes into the eighth, gives up a single, and then we bring in Kenley for a six-out save, pitching uh, second day in a row. This is where I kind of had – I thought they would have let Morrow try to go one more batter. Tuve. Yeah, I think if – I think there's like the two big things that I kick myself for from a Dodgers point of view is in the seventh inning, they had a man on third with one out. Uh, Jock couldn't get him in. Uh, and then couldn't Barnes get couldn't get him in. And then – I thought it was a really weird move to bring in Stripling there to start in the seventh. Like, yeah. It was almost like Morrow wasn't warm, which is like another – which is like a, an error of not getting Morrow hot. Yeah, really I was enough. expecting like Morrow to go four outs and then Kenley to go five. Exactly. That's exa- – yeah, that's what we were all thinking. Uh, so I thought that was really weird. And like Stripling hasn't been a good pitcher in months. Right. So it's like you're using him there in a high leverage situation. Yeah. I if anything, that's where I thought you would use Josh Fields. Yeah, I think Josh Fields is – basically turned into uh, Pedro Baez status at this point. Well, and, right. I mean, after his appearance that night. Yeah. But, I mean, it, just looking at it before then, I feel yeah. like a guy that throws hard, th- you know, whatever. We'll get, to, we'll get to Josh Fields. We'll get to you, Josh. Uh, but, yeah, then, you know, Morrow comes in. Guy's on first. Uh, Kenley comes in then. Gets, he's, he's, he's on second. Gets to third. Kenley gives up a single. Uh, and the run scores. The gap closes to one run. And at this point – Still feeling really good as a Dodger fan. You know, you got yeah, you're up gonna, one going into the ninth. You got Kenley on the mound, best best close in the game. And uh, yeah, and th- things didn't go uh, didn't go our way. Uh, obviously, he gets o two on Marwin Gonzalez, and then uh, just a cutter didn't cut, and it's center cut, and Gonzalez took him out to center, and it was stunned silence. That was an absolute shot to the heart. The I've never heard the announcer announce the next hitter so quick. The yeah. ball literally went over the fence, and I think it was Josh Reddick was up next. And he's like, "Next up, Josh Reddick." Yeah, and like it was unbelievable. Oh, it was. And from there, I mean, what can you say? Uh, you know, tied in the tied at the end of the ninth. We don't go score. Fields comes in in the tenth because Kenley had already pitched two innings. Goes dinger, dinger, double, and gets pulled. Uh, that was just that was so brutal to see. And then we come back in the bottom of the tenth. You know, you have. Uh, Puig. Yeah, Puig with a huge home run and lays the bat down oh, gently, which is great. Uh, then they, you know, in the top of the 11th, they score another two runs off McCarthy, who just absolutely didn't look, look like he did not belong on this stage. And it's almost not fair to Brandon McCarthy to put him out there. Yeah. The fact that he made this roster was, was really surprising. Uh, Fields, at least, should have been sharp and hot because he's been on the roster this entire playoff series. Brandon McCarthy didn't make the NLDS roster. He didn't make the NLCS roster. Through like 20 innings in September. Exactly. He threw, you know, barely been around. So that was that was a, an interesting call going into the series and it came back to bite us in the ass. But regardless, the Dodgers still put up another fight. In the bottom of the 11th, Charlie Culberson hits the eighth home run of the night for both clubs. Uh, no doubt. And goes deep to left. And he just absolutely lost it running there on the bases. It was great. I mean, that is one thing to say. It was cool to see. Uh, either the Astros or the Dodgers, all these guys just gave a shit, and they played so hard. Puig, when he when he dove for Bregman's, uh, which ended up turning into a ground rule double, slamming his glove on the ground. Correa with a huge bat flip. Puig answering by putting his bat down gently, like Jock with like the greatest home run celebrations ever as he rounds the bases. Mm-hmm. Like it was just an incredible game to watch, and like you could tell, all the players were feeding off the crowd. 
And that's the way baseball is meant to be played. Didn't turn out our way in game two. But I think, you know, when you look at this overall, the game wasn't overmanaged. Things got screwy at the end. And if things go according to plan for the Dodgers, we're going to win this World Series. If we're able to put together our main guys in the bullpen, our first four guys, we can win this thing. But things have to go according to plan. They can't go sideways because we don't have a fifth or sixth guy in the bullpen. But I'll tell you what, the Houston Astros don't have a second or third guy in the bullpen. Yeah, I think their their formula is get seven, six or seven, or seven really from their starters, right. uh, score a bunch of runs, and hope that you don't score more than them. So Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think these next three games, well, obviously every game's huge, but these next three games are, uh, I would be, I'm going to be really worried if we don't take two or three of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we have to come home needing to win both games at home, I'll still feel confident because we're a great home team, but yeah, it's not where you want to be. Yeah. That's for sure. But 1-1 leaving LA when you face Keuchel and Verlander was kind of what you expected going into the series. Now, obviously, being within three outs of going up 2-0, that's pretty tantalizing, and it sucks to be missing that. But as Dodger fans, let's think about it. We're 1-1 in the World Series. We're going to Houston. We're a great road team. We're going to hit some dingers. It's going to be great. We're going up against Lance McCullers in Game 3, and we got you Darvish pitching for us. McCullers, famous for throwing the curveball. Dodgers, highest average in baseball this year against curveballs. I feel really good against about our chances there. Uh, he'll probably be backed up by Brad Peacock. He'll probably get three innings of McCullers and maybe two or three from Peacock. Yeah, but Peacock didn't pitch that last game. Makes sense. Exactly. But either way, feeling good going into Houston. The Astros are a much better team than the Diamondbacks or the Cubs, and I feel like Los Angeles got that wake-up call last night of, hey, we're in the big leagues right now, and uh, we're in the World Series. We're facing another 100-win team, and uh, this is what happens when you're facing an evenly matched team. Sometimes things don't go your way, so keep the faith, stay positive, and I still feel good that this World Series is going to end back in L.A. for the Dodgers. Yeah, I think uh, in this next game is, can Darvish keep being you Darvish the last four games. And then also Cody Bellinger and Austin Barnes. Uh, we need you to be second half uh, Cody Bellinger and Austin Barnes. So uh, we need you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Bellinger also, going back to game two, it really looked like Bellinger had won the game for us uh, in the bottom of the ninth. That was, for everything that was just flying out of the ballpark all night, the fact that Bellinger's shot to right didn't go out was just yeah. astounding to me. I, I couldn't believe I, I couldn't believe it. Yep. Um, but either way, yeah, Max, you're right on. Bellinger needs to get hot, and Barnes needs to go back to the guy that we all know is going to be the starting catcher next year instead of the backup. Because yeah. Grandal has completely lost at the plate, and I think there's very little chance that he's the DH. I think it's definitely going to be Ethier. Yes, uh, I think definitely Ethier yeah. as well. Uh, a lot of these next two guys aren't really. Hard throw. Well, Morton can bring it definitely, but McCullers is uh, that's that's easier written all over it. Yep, so. absolutely agree. Yeah, game four you're gonna get Morton versus Wood, and game five probably a rematch of uh, Dallas Keuchel and Clayton Kershaw. So hopefully those games go according to plan for the Dodgers, and we're celebrating. Either way, we will be talking to you guys next Tuesday uh, here for He Hit the Pole. So again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode 28. Follow us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Drop us some five-star reviews. It really helps us out. Follow us on Twitter at HeHitTheBullPod. And thanks, and go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. When I wake up.